Yeah, yeah, yeah. We here, we here, we here. We are back. We are back. We are motherfucking back. I know I just gave you something. I think it was on Friday, and today is Monday, Memorial Day holiday, and I'm back again. That's because I move tomorrow, so I'm not going to have time to do shit. You know, I move tomorrow. Um, I'm not going to have internet till later that night because I got shit to do. Um, it's already set up, but I'm, I'm just not going to have it, you know, like everything set up. Um, my furniture's not getting in until Thursday now. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm a bit, I'm chilling, you know, I'm good, bro. Like, you know, life happens, plans change instead of, you know, going into, I was supposed to be in Thailand right now, bro. Instead of being in Thailand right now. You know, getting the shit kicked out of me by little fucking 15-year-old kickboxers. I'm here raising my daughter. And, uh, you know, like I said, got the uh, lease on the apartment. Just uh, bought all the furniture, all the new shit. Uh, shit's looking nice, man. You know, the motherfuckers got me, though. They got me. They got me for the money. I was mad as shit. But um, I'm going to get y'all motherfuckers back. <laughs> but, yeah, man, you know, I had to go with the uh, the black and white uh aesthetic in the living room a little earth tones in the bedroom um you know got the whole chase lounge sofa bed i'm not sofa bed but sofa love seat combo i didn't want to get the chair i wanted a chase lounge so i can chill in there and you know smoke what i smoke chill how i chill you know just relax um yeah man and uh i i got a uh a kitchen table is, is glass it's like tempered glass but it's black so i had no idea i thought it was like metal and i'm like yeah i want this metal table right here and it when she she scanned it it came up as glass and i'm like yo i, I can't have a glass table my daughter will break that shit and we're like tapping this black piece of metal thinking that is metal when it's actually just you know tempered glass painted black and then i was like oh I got to get this now, <laughs> you know, shit, I have to get it now, you know, so, um, yeah, man, gotta, you know, I couldn't, I couldn't get the king size bed, you know, I thought about it and I really wanted to, but then there wouldn't be enough room for activities in the bedroom, you know, if you know me, I got to work out and I work out in my bedroom, <laughs> so if I'd have got a king size bed, that shit would have been nice and the, the furniture would have been nice, but there would have been no room for me to do like, kettlebell swings and shit and fucking um eight count bodybuilders or burpees you know there'd have been no room for that so you know i sacrificed that i'll be able to fit you know a whole bedroom set in there plus um you know a little weight bench with the uh power block weights my favorite you know my daughter's room is uh not set up yet because um yeah i ain't got that kind of money anymore man i have no money to buy no goddamn children's furniture she ain't staying there yet Put her right in a fucking air mattress, man. <laughs> Shit, dude. Like, yo, her, her bedroom is probably my podcast studio, dog. Like, let's be honest, man. You know, she's going to have a bed in there. And, you know, I got this little, uh, like, crawling set for her to go through, like, a ball pit and, like, all this shit, you know. But now that she's walking, she's not playing with any of that stuff. She's just trying to run around and cause trouble. So it's like, yeah, all she's going to have is a bed in there and, you know, some some a dresser for clothes or whatever but nah man that's gonna be the podcast studio that and the living room um anyone that comes to my house the first thing you'll notice is my little ass tv so uh when i came to the hotel you know they had uh, 42 inch tvs in the hotel but they were like the old ass ones that you can't hook like a uh hdmi cable into so you can put your apple tv or fire stick on it 
or anything. You ex- like nothing. You can't you put the input in on a hotel TV. These these I'm in a shitty hotel. The days in shout out to the days in, but uh, you know this 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 hotel, you know the cable channels is shit. So I went out and bought my own TV, uh, and it's only 32 inches, and then uh. So I got my laptop hooked into it, you know, my Apple TV, Fire Stick, everything. So I'm golden here. I've been good for the past month, even with this shitty ass internet. But after I bought all this fucking furniture and I paid a deposit and I paid, a, you know, the, the first month rent and I do all this other shit, you know, I'm looking at my account. And the way that shit set up, it wasn't set up to buy a goddamn TV, <laughs> you know? So I'm sitting there looking at, you know, 60-inch TVs, uh, you know, 70-inch TVs. I'm like, yo, it's a Memorial Day sale. And then I looked at my account, and I was like, oh, no, I forgot. I'm retired. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I got to be sensible, man. Just wait till next month. But, yeah, now that I think about it, like, in, in my old place, um, I had a projector. You know, I had a I had a projector in the bedroom and that was perfect. And then the way the living room is laid out, I could have a projector right on the like I, I got this nice black and white coffee table and I can have a projector right there on a the coffee table. We want to watch TV or whatever, throw the projector on, you know, a little sound bar under it, blah blah blah. And it like they have a it's a it's all you know, it's an older building, so it's walls for days, white walls or beige walls or the fuck they are eggshell walls and then the blinds you know like i i'm the house is on like a, a hill so there's not a lot of light coming in through the blinds first off but when you close the blinds it gets pitch black in there so i'm like yo fuck i can just get a projector not have to buy a tv you know <laughs> have the projector in the living room throw that bad boy up bam right and then you save money on a TV because a, a, a really good projector is only about 120 bucks, 150 bucks, you know, and then you can buy a screen. You buy like most of them come with the the cloth screen you hang up. And I'm like, bro, I could just do that, say the bread and then, you know, fuck a TV because I, I don't even watch enough TV like that. And then the TV can go in the bedroom. Little ass 32 inch TV can go in the bedroom on a TV stand that I got and that'll be fine. Boom, good. But then in the living room, all you're going to see when you walk in is just the chair set up, but you're not going to, like, I'm not, you're not going to see a TV. And then, boom, you know, projector, bow, you know. That's how we doing it, man. That's how we doing it. You know, you got to change it up. All new shit. Had to bring the new vibes in, man. Shout out to um, the mother of my child. She helped me out a lot, saved me out, saved my ass immensely. Uh, You know, I couldn't have transitioned to uh dc you know to being out here if it wasn't for her patience uh and her her grace you know so um shit ain't always perfect but god damn it when you're adults you know and you co-parent shit works out you know so um shout out to her man shout out to all the mothers out there y'all just had a holiday so fuck all that father's day is up next let me tell you what i want for father's day nothing i don't want shit I don't want shit. I don't want nothing. No, I don't want nothing means I want something. Um, let me think. That's the donut you saw me eat. You saw me eat. This is a 7-Eleven Slurpee. We're not sponsored by them, but I had to get something to eat for the pod. You know, I wasn't even, even going to do this fucking podcast, bro. 
I was like, I'll wait till next Friday and do it or whatever. But then like a bunch of shit happened today. And I was like, fuck, man, I feel like talking. So let's go. Like I said, it's my therapy. Bear with me, please. Bear with me. Ah, shit. I would say I lost my train of thought, but I never had one in the first place, man. <laughs> but yeah, projector. When you come in the living room furniture, it's going to be set up to create conversation. But, um, I, you know, I bought the minimum amount of shit. It'll look nice. It'll last long. I'm not inviting company over any goddamn way. So fuck all y'all in my little ass TV. <laughs> How you guys doing, man? It's Memorial Day today. You know, the holidays. So everybody's at home right now while we're recording this. And, you know, just like I said, man, all you guys, I hope you guys enjoy this day. I hope you guys enjoy this day. You know, spending with your family, spending with your loved ones. I mean, if you're at work, hopefully you guys closed early and you could crack a beer, throw something on a grill. I know my boys are grilling, man. Shout out to them. Love you guys. Uh, I know, you know, my brother and my little sister, they hung out this weekend. So that's, that's always great. You know, shout out to family, man. Family is important. You know, it's the backbone of society. I think George Bush said that shit, bro. But um, yeah, family is super important, you know. Fuck, man. Memorial Day. Y'all have fun. We'll talk about Memorial Day a little bit later. Uh, it's a little bit later. We'll just talk about Memorial Day, you know. But, uh, you know, some things, you know, I want to talk about, man. Some things I want to talk about. Uh, Naomi Osaka withdrawn from the French Open for... Uh, mental health reasons. That's 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 something that uh, I, I can see becoming a huge talking point for the next month, maybe even more. Uh, we're going to talk about NBA fans and why they need to remember, remember, remember. Like they say, remember the Alamo. You know, remember nine eleven. Never forget Pearl Harbor. You motherfuckers need to remember the malice at the palace. You fans are going to get your asses fucked up. And when it happens, I'm going to watch it over and over and over and laugh. Because that is what you deserve. You are a bunch of fucking idiots. You guys suck. You guys fucking suck. You guys come back to the games and you act like fucking idiots, man. But it's all good, bro. It's all good. You guys will get your comeuppance. So we'll talk about that. We'll talk about uh, Tulsa and 100 years later and why it was so disheartening that white people needed to be taught American history through HBO TV shows. Uh, and we'll get into... We, we, we might... Yeah, we'll, we'll, talk about, we'll talk about massacres. Tulsa wasn't the only one. And we'll just talk about ones that have happened in our lifetime, since the majority of listeners are between the ages of 30 and 55, you know, so you guys are born after 1965, essentially. So we'll talk about massacres from then on and why America is fucking ridiculous. We'll talk about the old adage of pulling yourself up by your bootstraps you know because one thing that you know the the 
the theme of today's show, you know, I, what I wrote down was that the game is rigged. So why do we choose to play? And I, I didn't even know what, I didn't know what the hell I was even thinking when I wrote that. But I just put the game is rigged. So why do we choose to play? And, the, and these things that were on my mind today, they were all related to the game, the system, you know, whether it's sports or whether it's racism, systemic oppression, and disenfranchisement. You know, I, I wrote down the game is rigged, so why do we choose to play? And then the next thing I wrote after that was dating as a middle-class black man in a modern era. And I'm like, what the what the hell was I writing? But then I'm like, oh, shit, the dating game is rigged. So why do we choose to play? And so that's what, that's what we're going to talk about today. You know, the game being rigged. So why do we choose to play? So, I mean, first thing we can talk about, we'll go right to Naomi Osaka. Now, Naomi Osaka is currently ranked the number two women's tennis player uh, in the world, former number one. She, I mean, made, what, $40 million last year in, in earnings. Uh, amazing, amazing tennis player. Super active on the social justice side, uh, involved in a community, giving back, just like a, a perfect role model for young women uh, and girls to emulate. So we have the French Open that uh, has just started, and Naomi Osaka put out a statement uh, to the media stating that she would not talk to the press until after the tournament was over due to mental health reasons. And she said, hey, wrote this heartfelt, uh, you know, letter to the fans and to the media, you know, and to, you know, the people at Roland Garros, France, who host the tournament, stating that, you know, athletes are put under immense pressure and a ridiculous amount of spotlight. And, you know, they're questioned after heartbreaking losses and she talks about seeing her idols and other athletes and other professionals crying and after a loss and then being asked the same questions over and over and over and how that affects their mental health and then she talked about how she dealt with depression in 2018 and how she's an extreme introvert and deals with anxiety and you know all, all, all everything that you would want to hear from somebody uh, with her platform when it comes to bringing light to the importance of taking ownership of your own mental health. This is what we tell people to do and the kind of ownership that we applaud. You know, she's saying, hey, this is what I need to do for my mental health. I'm still going to play and I'll talk to the media afterwards. However, I don't want to talk to the media before or after any losses, not until I'm done in the tournament. And so the officials at the tournament said, hey, we don't care, black person, and we're going to fine you $15,000 for uh, not talking to the media. Now, the thing that, I mean, that's, it's not just the one thing that bothers me, but one of the things that, that bothered me is, you know, this is Mental Health Awareness Month. Right. This is Mental Health Awareness Month worldwide. Everyone's dealing with mental health. We just came out of a pandemic 
just came out of a lockdown, the entire world locked down, over 650,000 people dead from COVID. And we've been preaching the importance of mental health. We're coming out of this lockdown for the past, you know, two, three months, right? Mental health, mental health, mental health, mental health, you know, take ownership, speak up, speak out, ask for help, all of that stuff, right? And people are doing it. And Mental Health Awareness Month, number two player in the world, young black girl, super popular, super marketable, uh, a star in two countries, uh, the United States, actually three countries, the United States, Haiti, and Japan. And she says, hey, I have a mental health issue and I'm willing to play in this tournament, but here's what I need to be healthy. And the tournament came back and said, fuck you, 15 grand. So then she wrote a, you know, a response saying, hey, you know, I understand. Hopefully it goes to a charity, a mental health charity, blah, blah, blah. And then a day later, she wrote a, a huge letter on Instagram and social media to the press, things like that. An open letter essentially stating why she was now going to withdraw from the entire tournament and focus on her mental health. And in the letter, she went into detail about all her issues and sharing information that she did not have to share with us at all or you know, the people at Roland Garros. And, you know, it, 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 it got me thinking about, you know, some of the things I said on last week's podcast and some of the things we've been saying about mental health on this, on this podcast. And I'm like, damn, man, like she's doing exactly what, you know, the professionals say you should do. And they just blatantly, openly failed her, right? And basically just said, fuck her. But, it's, you know, it's thinking, it's like, hey, man, People are always ignoring black people, especially ignoring black women. What if it was, I can't even name a white player right now because I don't know about one that's dominant right now. Just my, just me. Right. But, um, yeah, man, like if it was a white player, how would the response be? You know, would they be like, oh man, she's so brave. It's a black girl. She's just complaining. Because we saw how they treated Serena, right? Venus was quiet. Venus was just low-key. Serena was the outspoken one. So we've only really seen how they treated Serena. And then we've seen uh, how they're treating Naomi Osaka now. Because, you know, like, uh, I want to say Coco Goff. She's uh, the other black girl who's a beast. Um, she's actually partnering up with Venus Williams and playing in the... Uh, doubles the fucking doubles tournament uh, at the French Open, which is ridiculous because when uh, I want to say when Venus made her French Open debut, Coco Golf was like two years old, and then now they're playing in a doubles tournament in the French Open. That's insane. That's insane. That's sports. That's insane. I'm gonna say that's insane one more time, but that's fucking nuts. But back to Naomi Osaka. And so she withdraws from the tournament. She, she withdraws from the tournament. She's the biggest draw in the tournament. I'm taking these headphones off because I'm not talking to anybody. She withdraws from the tournament. And 
she's the biggest draw, the biggest star, male or female. And she withdraws from the tournament. And now the French are fucked. They're scrambling like, oh, shit, we just ignore this person's cry for help. You know, they're, we just ignore this person's cry for help. And just said, fuck it. You need to do what you need to do. What we tell you to do. And, and this is, you know, when uh, sports organizations and just governing bodies of athletics and commissions, they treat athletes like property. You know, they treat athletes like cattle. They treat athletes like they're slaves, you know. Like, you have no rights. We don't care what you say. You're just a dumbass animal and perform for our entertainment, for our enjoyment. And we'll, we'll reward you with some money. And then, you know, just go shut up and do, do what it is you do until your body breaks down and we'll bring another animal in here to entertain us. That's sports. I watch sports. I'm not anti-sports, but that's just, that's just what it is. That's just what it is, man. Um, and it's just crazy, man, to see how to just, like, on, in Mental Health Awareness Month, when someone's saying, hey, I have a mental health issue. They're saying, nah, fuck that. Do it. And then we, we, we saw Kyrie, Kyrie Irving in the NBA. And we'll talk about him a little bit later as well. Kyrie Irving in the NBA, he, he does this all the time. You know, where he'll say he's not going to address the media because mental health reasons. And he doesn't really, like, he, he takes games off during the regular season for mental health reasons, you know, or just for personal days, things of that nature. And I'm like, man, that's fucking smart. Because I'm sure... There are days when you don't feel like doing this shit or mentally you're not there and it wears on you. Your brain, you know, even though it's not like a, it's not like a muscle per se, it still gets exercised. It can still get exhausted. So knowing that you have to be on your A game mentally, why not give your brain a break? You know, the same way you give your body a break, Give your brain a break as well. Give your emotions a break as well. Why speak to the media? We, we saw uh, my man from the Seahawks. Uh, Jesus Christ, I just forgot his name. Uh, he's from he's from Compton, man. This motherfucker's uh, Beast Mode, man. My man Beast Mode. Ah, fuck, I forgot his name. Uh, yeah, man, but like when he would just, you know, walk up to the, walk up to the damn interview podium and say, hey, I'm just here so I don't get fined. I'm just here so I don't get fined. You know why I'm here. You know? <laughs> and, yo, I, I fucking miss that dude, man. But that's the kind of shit you got to do sometimes because, like, why why do you have to talk to the media? I get it. Marshawn Lynch. That's what we're talking about. Marshawn Lynch. You know? And it's like, why do you need to talk to the media? Like, I get it. Like, it's going to draw fans and help build a story. But if your mind isn't in it and you don't feel like doing it, why do you have to talk to the media? Why do you have to do an interview? Why, why is there no option to just say, you know what? I'm, I'm good, man. Like, I'm not going to give you a quality product because... My brain ain't in it. And we've seen people when they've been exhausted or when they've been, you know, worn down, whatever the case may be, and they, and they do an interview and they look, they come off looking like crackheads or looking like heroin addicts or looking, looking crazy. So, you know, instead of doing that, just let, 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 
Let him take a breath. Let him take a beat. Let him let the man get a day off. Let her not have to speak to the media. You know, let these athletes rest their brains as well as their bodies. Let's not punish them for that. Let's not punish them for being public with their problems. We want more people to be public with their problems. And then when the athlete uses his platform or she uses her platform, she gets punished because they need the athletes to build the tournament instead of the tournament promoters building the tournament themselves. They need the athletes to talk. They need the athletes to sell. They need the tennis players to sell the matches the same way you would a wrestler or a boxer or MMA fighter. And they need the tennis players to say the intriguing lines during their interviews that make people want to watch because they saw the clips and whatnot on a nightly news or on SportsCenter. That's what it is. Follow Naomi. I'll, she should have just been up there speaking in Creole, you know. That's what I would do if I was a polygot and I could speak multiple languages fluently. I would just go up there and speak the one that you're not asking me. You know, so if you ask me questions in English, I'm just answering them in Creole or I'm answering them in Japanese just to piss you off because fuck you. I told you I didn't want to do this shit and I didn't want to talk to you guys. And now I got to be an asshole now. So you guys get the point. That's it. Why is that so hard to understand? Why does an athlete not have that right? You know, they, they, they want athletes to get COVID injections and tell people publicly about their medical history. And we want them to talk about mental health. We want them to talk about suicide awareness and all this shit. But then when they say, hey, man, I want to take a break and not really talk to y'all right now. You're in your goddamn feelings. You know, you tell them, shut up and dribble. Then you want him to stick a needle in his arm publicly for a vaccine you know they can't protest they can't they can't speak on social issues you know but you want them to fucking dunk a basketball and sell a fucking toyota truck that day is over man i hope i hope you guys learn that man the day of the, the silent athlete you know the day of the silent athlete is over Because all these guys now, right, they saw all these athletes before them, Jordan, Barkley, Shaq, you know, Dr. J, fucking, and I'm not even going to talk about Dr. J's. We won't talk about them. Just the 80s, 90s guys, right? You know, Drexler, all these guys, Pat Ewan. You've seen all these guys from the 90s, right, never say shit about the conditions in the black community. You never heard them except Craig Hodges, uh, Mahmoud Abdul-Raouf, you know, uh, Etan Thomas, but he was like later, like LeBron's generation. But um, yeah, man, you got like all these players being silent, getting paid millions of dollars, being silent saying I'm not a role model and don't do as I do, blah, 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 right? All these players making millions of dollars being silent about the communities that they came from, being silent about the conditions and the communities that they came from. And these new, this, this, this new generation of player came into the league and they're like, hey, man, 
you guys left us there. Like I came from the same neighborhood as you and you didn't do shit to help us out. You didn't say shit about what we were going through. You know, you might've came back and handed out some fucking turkeys or some book, some book bags, you know, but if you come, if you come from a place where you're getting fucked up by the police every day for nothing, that's something you need to say during an interview. And they weren't doing that shit. They weren't using their platform to bring any attention to the conditions of the communities that they came from. And this new generation of athlete, like the new generation period, they play by a different set of rules. I, I said it on the last podcast. I've been saying it on every podcast damn near. The new generation, they want, they want shit now, right? They want shit now. Ah, man. And I used to think it was just like instant gratification. That's all they wanted was instant gratification. You know, the what's in it for me generation. And as I get older and I see it from a different perspective, they are willing to, 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 accept the truth more than previous generations they're willing to accept the truth more than previous generations and they're more than willing to fight for what they think the truth should be unlike previous generations um not talking about the civil rights generation honestly right because that's you know the greatest generation but uh yeah the previous generations post-civil rights uh they you know the, the the new these these new kids these new athletes they don't care and so that's why you see a colin kaepernick doing what he does that's why you see a lebron you know doing what he does lebron has done more for social justice and equality and equity in the black community by himself than the bulk of the 1990s decade of NBA players. I'm, I'm, I'm willing to go on record and say that he's done more and made more of an impact than the entire decade of 1990s NBA players. And I'm from that generation. I'm from that generation. I was there when stuff happened. And we didn't hear shit from these guys. Nothing. I, I get it, though. You know, we didn't have social media. We didn't have the instant ability to send out a tweet and let people know our thoughts on something that happened 3,000 miles away. But there was still an opportunity. There were still outlets and they weren't utilized. So you saw your favorite players, people that you thought were, you know, gods. They were gods to you. It's like in the movie Bronx Tale, you know, Kaloja Rose talking to, talking to Sonny. And he's talking about how he loves Mickey Mantle. And Sonny is like, Mickey Mantle don't even know you exist. You know, why are you cheering for a man's success that doesn't even know you exist? And ever since then, Clojure didn't give a fuck about Mickey Mantle. 
And that's how these kids watched Jordan. That's how these kids watched Shaq. You know, that's how these kids watched David Robinson. You know, Tim Hardaway. Derek Coleman. Larry Johnson. Lonzo Mourning. You know, shout out to Penny Hardaway. He's not in that group. He's not in that group. He, he he's 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 about that, you know. Jalen Rose, shout out to him. He's not in that group, you know. Dikembe Mutombo, he ain't in that group, you know. Like those those are those are some guys that are, that as soon as they came in the league, they they started give they were giving back, you know. They're in the community. Daryl Dawkins, he's not of that generation, but Daryl Dawkins, Daryl Dawkins, a real one, you know. There's a lot of NBA players that are in the communities. And they were the they were the generation after that. They were like the guys that came in like around 90, 90, 95, 96, 97, you know. Not not like coming in the league in the 80s. Those are the kids that would turn 18 in the in in the 90s. And they saw what happened. And they're like, yo, we gotta fucking speak out. We gotta. We gotta, we gotta, we gotta do something, you know. And then you, and then you seen those kids that got drafted in the mid '90s. Bam, they're the ones leading the charge in the early 2000s, inspiring the LeBron Jameses and the Dwayne Wades and the Carmelo Anthony's of the world into doing what they're doing. And then now that that generation is, you know, just 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 being a beacon of light, you know. But the question is, is that this has been, and it's not even a question, a statement. The statement is, is that sports, man, sports has been rigged against us for the longest. You know, you they've always wanted to silence the black athlete. Think about the uh, Olympics. You know, you got the two black sprinters giving a black power fist. And then they get demonized when they return to the States. You know, you got Mahmoud Abdul-Raouf. You got... Damn, I just forgot my man's name. <laughs> Craig Hodges. You know, you got guys like that speaking out about, you know, mistreatment of Muslims and apartheid and things going on in the black community and they get blackballed by the league. In the, in the NFL, you know, Jim Brown left. So after that, I mean, who would you really see that was speaking out in the community about things going on? I remember all the Bo Nose commercials that Nike had. Bo knows this, Bo knows that. But Bo didn't know shit about gangs, apparently. Bo didn't know about police brutality. Yeah, hey, listen. If you're from that era, then let me know. Who from the NFL? Wasn't Warren Moon. Wasn't Michael Irvin. He was doing cocaine. Barry Sanders, love him to death, but he's a super introvert. Wasn't him either.
and ask the question, you see these athletes now, they're super outspoken. They're the opposite of the guys that we grew up on who were silent, who didn't use their platform, and who, you know, whether, whether it was fear of reprisal or fear of losing the paycheck or whatever, it's like, man, you know, it could have, it would have been nice. It would have been nice to have somebody say something about anything, but uh, I'm glad to see that the new generation now that they don't care. They play by a different set of rules. The game is rigged. So why do we choose to play? The new kids aren't playing the game anymore. They're making their own game. Each one of them, they have their own cartridge. You know, they got their own hard drive. They got their own Blu-ray. Like, they are not playing the same game. They might be on the same comp. They're not even on the same console. You know, these motherfuckers, these old people, they're playing on Atari 7800s. They're playing on Nintendo NES, 8-bit systems. These kids are fucking PlayStation 5s or, or Xbox what the shit is it now? 720, Xbox One or Two? I don't know what the hell it is now, man. But whatever the, whatever's the latest and the greatest, that's what these new kids are. They didn't grow up with a fear of the government. Think about that. They didn't grow up with a fear of the government. They didn't grow up with a fear of some unknown enemy, you know, that's trying to take over the world. They didn't grow up uh, in fear of a world war. You know, they didn't grow up in fear of nuclear war. Even after 9-11, like, the, the, they, they still didn't give a fuck, you know. After mass shootings every year, these kids still don't care. They're even more charged up. And they're the ones leading this social justice shit. They're the ones fighting for the gun laws. They're the ones getting inmates freed. They're the ones out there protesting. They're the ones out there registering folks to vote. They're not playing the game. The game is rigged. So why do we choose to play? They're not playing. Because the rest of the world, they're not playing either. And the young kids, they see this because they have access to all that information. They have access to all that information before we didn't know what was going on in China. All we knew is what the TV told us. All we know is what we saw on National Geographic. We didn't know what was going on in Iran. We didn't know what was going on in Iran. We didn't know what's happening in Egypt. We didn't know what was going on in the Middle East and in Israel and in Gaza and Palestine. We grew up thinking that Israel was under attack every day. That's how we grew up. We grew like like we didn't know what was going on in, in South America at all. We just knew Brazilian jiu-jitsu and capoeira, and that's it. We didn't know what was going on down there. We didn't know what was going on in Canada. Except before Degrassi. I don't know, man. Ghost Rider. <laughs> Who knows? Where in the world is Carmen San Diego? I can't even tell you. We didn't know what was going on in Canada. I thought it snowed every day. And then these new kids, they, they grew up with the internet. These new kids, they grew up with the internet. And they use it. They use it and they believe it. They verify it. They use it. They, they, 
they communicate with each other in a way that is that is extremely efficient and, and fast and, and effective in the exchange information. And, and they've formed a community. They have all these communities on the internet for whatever groups you're in. And these people unite together to fight all these big causes. And then when whatever cause they're fighting is done, they go back to their small little group. They're operating like a nation online right now. That's how these kids are on, on both sides, you know, and, and this is not like a Republican Democrat thing. This is like the side of good and the side of evil. So if you look at just the side of good, right, you look at what uh, young Republicans and young Democrats have been able to do leveraging the power of social media, exciting their 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 voter bases and, and the youth, getting them to come out to rallies and and turn out in record numbers based on the youth getting out and getting active and voting. Both sides, right? You, you just 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 using social media, using the tools that technology provides the new way to communicate. They're not running down the street with a bullhorn or putting a billboard up or running or driving a car through the town with a picture on it. No, they're, 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 they're hitting you up right in your personal feed. They're DMing you directly. They're inviting you to join groups on Facebook. They're, they're sending you funny memes and little clips, things like that. Just, just, just luring you in, you know, both, you know, both political ideologies, any political ideology, that's what they do. Right. And they're, and they're effective with it. And the old people are still doing the old shit. That's not working, you know, and eventually they're going to take over because they're hacking everything. Right. They're hacking everything. They know how to do that. They they know they they know that there's more of them than it is of us now. And they know that. I don't want to say us. I'm in that group. They they you know that the forty and below essentially. Like what it is is that they know that the old people are scared. They're scared of change. You know what's you know what's crazy, man, is that I've seen people fight harder to protect confederate monuments and keep bathrooms segregated i've seen people fight harder for that than fight harder for police reform like i've seen people fight harder for protecting bathrooms and the ability to tell a gay person that you won't make a cake for them and the ability to make it harder to vote. You know, I've seen people fight harder for that than for, you know, giving retroactive health care to all Vietnam vets, regardless of discharge, you know, on fixing the VA, things like that, right? Or reforming HUD. You know, we, we've seen people fight harder for and 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 let me not just get on the conservatives and they're they're dumb shit right but if you look on the quote-unquote liberal side you know 
I'm seeing people fight harder for the rights of people who cannot produce children, right? Then for the rights of people who have had their children taken from them and enslaved, who have had their children massacred, who have had their children used as guinea pigs for biological experiments. If you don't know who I'm talking about, I'm talking about black people. Shout out to us because let me tell you, man, if you don't know, this country be some wild shit. But um, not just black people, I mean brown people as well, my Hispanic brothers, because you know, uh post-World War II, when they were testing out the atomic bombs, they were testing it on black and brown sailors and black and brown marines because they thought that our skin color being darker gave us some kind of extra protection against nuclear radiation so they had us on navy ships and they exploded nuclear bombs or atomic bombs sorry they exploded atomic bombs uh in the vicinity of these ships to measure the radiation of these guys but they, they, didn't, they didn't tell them what they were doing that's the thing they didn't tell them what they were doing you know they did the same thing in the army where they tested various uh, gases on Hispanic and African-American soldiers without telling them what it was. Like, y'all think Captain America and a winter soldier was based on a Jewish kid's fantasy. Like, y'all think Stan Lee and Jack Kirby just drew those stories from the ether. Like, they weren't given the screenplay like they weren't given the script by America. The game has been rigged, man. The game has been rigged. And knowing this, why do we still choose to play? These The young generation, the youth, you know, these kids that are 35 and below, 30 and below, these motherfuckers are insane. I like it. They're crazy. I fucking like it. It's scary, but I like it. You know, I'm here for the fucking ride. I support the shit. I don't understand it, but these motherfuckers are getting things done. I support it. I support it, man. I support that shit. My generation, we're, we're starting to play. We're starting to play the game differently, you know, because we're still playing in the rule set, but we know how it's rigged now. So we're still playing the game, but we know how the game is rigged. And the reason why we're 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 playing the game is because we have to. We're, we're too deep in it, you know. We've been playing Monopoly for over fucking 30 years now. We can't start playing Trouble now. We can't start playing Yahtzee or Parcheesi. This shit got to We got to play it through now. But the young generation, they just threw the fucking board over and said, we're going to be playing Pokemon now, you know. Y'all playing with that? Just sketch. We playing with a fucking PS3. You <laughs> stupid motherfuckers. <laughs> That's the difference, right? That's the difference. And so we're catching up. We're, we're we're playing the game. We know how the game's rigged, and we're using the rigged set of rules to our favor. And then the generation, you know, that 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 was before us. They're just complaining still. 
about the game being rigged, knowing how it's rigged, knowing how the game is rigged because they told us how it's rigged. They know how it's rigged. It's been exposed how it's rigged. They can choose not to play the game or they can play the game knowing a new rule set, but they still choose to play the game based on the old rules. You hear what I'm saying? You can choose to not play the game. That's what today's kids are doing. They are not playing the game anymore. They don't want to play. They know the game's rigged. Us, you know, the I, what the fuck do they call us now? Middle-aged, I guess. I'm Hold on. I'm not trying to, you know, uh, give away my age on here. I have a, a very young listener base. But, uh, yeah, like our generation, we're still playing the game. We're still trying to fucking 20-year mortgage a house. We're still we're still trying to just mortgage houses, you know, and invest in stocks and build up money to save slow way and and you know buy houses and do that whole deal, you know, the fucking 2.5 kids, that whole shit, making sure you get a job with a pension. These young kids are starting businesses at 18. That's fucking crazy. But we're playing the game, but we know how the game is rigged now. So we're using the rules in our favor. So now this generation, my generation, they know how the real estate shit works. They got it on lock. They got multiple properties. Everybody got a house. Everybody got an investment property. Everybody got a business. Now everybody got an LLC. Everybody got a business, you know? which is great. I love to see it. Everybody is doing something, but they're still playing the game by the old rules. But they know how it's rigged, but they're still playing the game because that's just the status quo. We're stuck in it. We, it's too fucking late for us. Not, not all of us, but most of us because we, you know, we got families, kids, careers already, things like that. So it's hard to just start a new game when you're already accustomed to the old one. It's like, you, you know the controller pulls to the left, right? Or you, you got a car. And you know the car pulls to the left. So you adjust your steering. And that's what that's what we're doing. We're adjusting our steering. We're course correcting. We're course correcting. The, pre, the, 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 the new generation of kids, they're just radical. You know, they want radical action. They have radical thought, you know. And then our, our, our predecessors, <laughs> like our, our forefathers, uh, yo, man, they're they're still playing the game by the old rules, even though they know it's rigged, and they're complaining about the game. You know, you told us it was rigged. You showed us it was rigged. Why are you still playing the game by the old rules? That's dinosaur shit, man. That that's how the dinosaurs went extinct, but extinct. At the same time, that's just what they can do they is too it's too late for them to adapt it's too late for them to change so they have to do that they don't have a choice it's just it's just nature that's natural selection you know the old ways have to die and the old ways die with them and they die by the old ways and that's it and it's not saying it's not a a physical death you know this is a figurative death you know, symbolic, just of uh, an old set of beliefs, the old guard, you know. The game 
is rigged. So why do we choose to play? Dating as a middle-class black man in the modern era. This is something I'm going to talk on until I get remarried. Which, who knows? It could be tomorrow, it could be in 10 years, or it could be never. So, hopefully... <laughs> Hopefully it's in the next two years. I don't plan on doing this shit uh, for the next two years. <laughs> We're not talking about fucking my dating issues, bro. But um, yeah, dating as a middle class black man or a middle class man, period, in the modern era. But I'm black, so I can only attest to the black experience and what I go through as a black man. You know, dating in the modern area, in the modern era, as a middle class black man. Um. So when I came up, we were kind of going away from courtship, you know, and we were going towards tricking, but tricking was looked at as some sucker shit, you know, tricking was looking at as some sucker shit. It was like, yo, you tricking, bro. Like you a trick, you a trick, you're a trick. Like that's an insult. That is an insult. That means you pay for punani. Trying to keep it a little bit PG-13. That's rated R already, but I'm not trying to get too vulgar, right? But that means you pay for Poonani. You pay for the P. Tricking. And then uh, I want to say it might have been. I'm not going to say it wasn't Trick Daddy that normalized it, but I don't know, man. I would say it was late 90s hip-hop that normalized tricking. And the East Coast has a lot to do with it because they always talked about buying a woman random jewelry or cars or going on trips for no reason at all. You haven't earned these. It's just, hey, I'm rich and I'm a baller. So this is what we're going to do, right? And so we, we, we left courtship and we went to tricking. And, and that's what a middle-class man, a middle-class black man has to deal with in the modern era. Because here's where the rejection of gender roles and the rejection of traditional relationships where it has it's 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 fucked the game up, right? It's fucked the game up. It's fucked the game up. And so what, what, what has happened is that people have a sense of entitlement. And this is both ways. This is both ways. All right. Because when you were courting someone, you had to earn something. You had to earn. You had to earn them. Right. It wasn't about just smashing. You had to earn. You were trying to earn their hand. You were trying to earn the like them. Like, I, I'm going to be your boyfriend. That was the end result, you know. Courtship. A woman had multiple suitors uh, at sometimes, right? You know, or a dude, you know, a man would have maybe multiple women he was courting, you know, or maybe he would have multiple women pursuing him, right? But it was like, yo, as long as you're not smashing them, it's all good, right? But um, but it it, it was romantic. It was courteous. Uh, it was. It was it, it was it was me showing you 
qualities about me that would benefit you or that should attract you without you giving me anything, you know? And it's like, hey, I'm a good person. I can make you happy. I can make you smile. I can cheer you up when you're sad. It's, hey, I'm selling me, right? I'm selling me. I'm selling what I bring to a relationship, what I bring to a lifetime of us being together, what I bring to a family. That's what you were selling with courtship, right? That's what you were selling with courtship. And then tricking came into the game. You know, it ain't tricking if you got it. It ain't tricking if you got it. It ain't tricking if you got it. I blame that on my generation. I blame that on my generation. You know, Biggie, Hove, Nas. All those jiggy rappers, you know, that the roots warned you about. All the female rappers, the women who rapped about just getting shit without earning it. That just conditioned these kids, who was us, to think that way, you know. Going into adulthood. So as a guy, as a guy, because after we left courtship and then went to the trick mentality, you know, that means we feel entitled or we not. We feel we are entitled to your body. That's why I became, hey, if we taking you out, you putting out like if, if we going out, I'm smashing, you know, or if we in a club, I'm entitled. I can just walk up on you and grind on you and dance on you, you know? I can just grab you when you walk by because I'm entitled to your body because you have a price tag. And that's what it, that's what it became is once, once tricking became normalized, that, mean, that means every woman has a price tag, you know, because they promoted it as well because you got no scrubs. Can you pay my bills? Pay my telephone bills. Missy with hot boys. You know. All these women making songs about what a real man is and what a real man wasn't a man. It was a wallet. They didn't want men. They wanted a wallet. They didn't want a provider. They wanted a sponsor. They wanted a sponsor. So we went from courtship and went into tricking so hard that we made anthems for prostitutes because who the fuck thinks they deserve a Birkin and you ain't what what have you given me <laughs> have you bore have, have you have you bared a child <laughs> you know what I'm saying like what the fuck am I buying you a, a twenty thousand dollar bag for why am I flying you out anywhere? 
I don't even know you. You know, why? Why would you be expected to pay like people that like you go on a date and they order the most expensive thing on the menu? Like, what is the problem? Who raised you? Why would you do something like that? That you. You want a problem. If you do that, if you order the most expensive thing on the menu, then you have just sold your vagina, you know, and that's what the mentality was back in that time frame because the the normalization of the trick mentality and the normalization of the whole mentality because now you got women openly saying, I'm a bad bitch. I'm a bad bitch. Yes, you are just a bad bitch. That's it. Just a bad bitch, you know? And a bitch is a dog. A dog is a man's property. And that's what you're saying you are. You are a man's property. So when you say things like, I want this, I want that, I need this, I need that before we, you know, you got to buy my furniture before we ever sleep together. That's like some real shit. I'm not making this up, you know? Women saying, uh, uh, you know, you ain't a real man if you ain't buying a Birkin. Women say things like that. All they're doing is just putting a price tag on their punani. So if you're a man, not a boy, not a trick. If you're a man and you see this and you see this is the modern dating game. Why are you choosing to play it? The game is rigged. So why do you choose to play you know we've moved past courtship and this shit, this trick shit, this trick and hoe mentality, this instant gratification mentality. You know, people want the benefits of a marriage without putting in the work or the commitment required. And I'm not let let me let me not, you know, let me not um let me let me make sure that I don't come off as like some pious, holier than now, whatever the fuck, when we talking about this shit. Listen, I'm not talking about you going out with somebody, y'all doing y'all business as consenting adults, and then y'all going y'all merry way. What I'm talking about is the vocal ones that are out here saying that. You ain't a man if you're not buying a Birkin. Or I don't want no broke man. Or I don't want no average man. The ones that still think no scrubs is like a girl power anthem. <laughs> you know? And 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 actually and, and not an actual self-price tag in that Punani. You saying you don't want no scrub. Scrub is a guy that can't get no love from me. Okay, that's cool. But just remember, bitches ain't shit, but hoes and tricks. You know, you can't say bills, 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 and then say you want me to treat you like an equal. That's not about to happen because you have made yourself a piece of property. You have made yourself a dependent. You have made yourself a liability and not an asset. You're just a cost. There is a price tag and there is a cost 
of doing business associated with you and you have yet to show what you bring to warrant that cost. And so now, you know, a middle-class black man in the modern era, this is the kind of shit you got to be aware of, right? So when you're out here and you're deciding, you know, what young lady to talk to, first off, you motherfuckers need to start using your brain. Let me tell you that right now. Use your fucking brain. Use your brain. We're all men. So 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 we can we can we can be honest with each other. We can talk, right? There's no ego here. It's just me. We know where we are if we're not delusional, right? So we know what we can get and what we can't get and why we can't get what we can't get and why we can get what we can get. You know, we always get lucky every while, you know, you know, once in a while you shoot for the shoot for the moon. If you miss, at least you're still amongst the stars, right? Uh, we get lucky every once in a while. You might get to come up, but you know, you know where you at, bro. So you know if you're a middle-class dude and you got a woman that wants that kind of shit, why would you ever, ever talk to her? Why would you ever approach her? Why would you ever waste your time? You know the game is rigged, right? You know exactly what she wants. She told you. She gave you a price. So you don't even you don't even need to complain. You know what I'm saying? The game is foul. The game is rigged. The game is the game. So why play? Right? You know you're never going to meet your wife in the club. You're probably never going to meet your wife in the bar, right? Online dating allows you, and I don't like calling online dating. It's online meeting. It's online filtering so you can meet in real life, right? But you're not dating until you actually meet and fucking meet, right? But that gives you a chance to filter out a bunch of people you wouldn't normally have access to. So it's a great tool, but you got to use it as a tool. You got to use it as a tool, right? And people aren't ever doing that. Like, if you know you're not a guy, you're not a brother that's in shape, why would you exclude women that are in the same shape as you? You know, you got to be realistic here. You know what I'm saying? Got to be realistic here, brother. Or, or if you're uh, a moderately educated or moderately income earning person why would you feel the need to i can only date a woman that makes this amount of money that's high or has this education that you don't have as well you know we want things that we don't warrant it's weird it's weird we want things that we don't warrant you know and that's not to say that opposites don't attract and you know the the, the a person's character or their all their qualities don't like attract people yeah that's true as well but at the same time yo if you guys know shit about like chemistry <laughs> you know that different uh elements uh attract differently so if you have things that go together then they'll probably attract each other so you should probably shoot for those you know things of that nature like if you want a girl 
that is wholesome and you know like modest then why are you approaching a woman that has twerk videos you know that's crazy <laughs> like that's stupid she 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 showed you that that's not what she is you know and so then you don't have to go through the headache of trying to change her you know like that's it like why would you do that like i see i see fellas do that all the time and they're like oh man she was out here doing xyz abc it's like but you saw that before you ever dated her that's what made you dm her and hit her up you saw that you said damn she can really shake that ass and then when you together she didn't stop shaking that ass you know it's like guys that they strippers and then get mad that they get cheated on. But like, she was never faithful. <laughs> Come on, man. Like motherfuckers put 20s in a butt crack, bro. And you trying to wipe that up. You are insane. And, you know, you look and you see, you know, because people use the internet and social media to compare their relationships to to what reality is they're, they're using social media to use that as some kind of measure to what the social norm is, you know? And then when you offer a, a, a critique or a contrast to what, you know, celebrity or, or social media is doing, you know, it's like, Hey, you're, you're judging me. You're judging me. Yes, I am. You're fucking stupid. I wouldn't be judging you if your shit wasn't public. So if you're going to do dumb shit like that, keep it private. So I don't have to have a fucking opinion on your motherfucking dumb ass. You know, like if you are dating a celebrity and you're a celebrity and your fucking husband continuously cheats and gets caught cheating and you say, I'm not taking them back and you, uh, you know, file for divorce and do all this shit and y'all going back and forth. And then he just come back, give you some dick and then you back dignitized again, you know, you digmatized. Then it's like, yo. If you just kept that shit behind closed doors, I wouldn't have to fucking make a comment about y'all being goofy or being messy. You know? Like when you when you having domestic disputes, you shooting women in the foot, in the feet, you know, you're hitting women, you're doing all this weirdo shit. Now we gotta talk about you because you're doing dumb shit in public. When you're having all these goofy ass child custody fights and you're making Instagram videos crying and shit now we gotta fucking say something about it because you did it you did it publicly so now the public can consume it and the public can comment on it and you gotta deal with that shit so stop fucking doing shit and then listen man people are using social media to use that as a, a gauge for what the social norm is let me tell you man just because you see cardi b twerking in a goddamn rap video doesn't mean you need to twerk and target. All right. Just because you see Megan Thee Stallion, you know, having a hot girl summer, that doesn't mean that you need to be a hoe in Whole Foods. Sit your fast asses down, please. And for the, for the gentlemen, you know, for the gentlemen, y'all niggas going to get killed. That's what I'm going to say. You niggas are going to die. You know, N you niggas are going to die. 
First off, everybody has a gun and y'all doing too much dumb shit. Everybody has a gun and y'all doing too much dumb shit. I am not trying to be eloquent. I'm not trying to be articulate. I need you to understand y'all niggas is going to die. All right. Everybody has a gun and they are shooting you niggas because you niggas are dumb. And let me tell you why you're dumb. You motherfuckers are walking around with $250,000 in cash on you. You are asking to die. There is no ifs, ands, and buts around it. We've already seen rappers and celebrities get assassinated, get murdered for less. Y'all still in the hood with no security and carrying guns. Why the fuck would you do that? You already got a charge. You're a felon. You can't have a gun. Now you're going to fuck around and mess up the entire ticket. Mess up the entire bag. Because you want to be real. And you get caught with a charge. And you're the breadwinner who's employing 20 people. Now your ass is in jail. And now 20 motherfuckers out of work. Because your dumb ass wanted to be tough on Instagram. With a Draco. <laughs> Try to say Big Sojourn from the hood. Hey! Big Sojourn from the hood, right? You niggas is gonna die. I mean, let me tell you why you niggas gonna die. Let me tell you why y'all gonna die. First off, well, second off, y'all do drugs like drugs don't kill. Y'all do drugs like the 60s and 70s never happened. Y'all do drugs like there's no 27 Club. Y'all do drugs like there's no internet. We see y'all doing drugs. And you're dumb. You guys are doing opioids. You are going to die. That's what opioids do. They kill you. You are going to die. And no one's going to feel sorry. I don't. Every time I see... A celebrity die from a drug overdose. In my head, regardless of who it is, I say that motherfucker had it coming. You know why? Because they were stepping on a set of train tracks with a train coming directly at them. It's like, hey, there's a train. It's coming right at me. I'm not going to move. I'm going to wait. Oh, let me bend down and tie my shoe. I just overdosed. That's it. Like, why would you do a drug that can kill you the first time you do it? You know what does that? Cocaine. You know what does that? Heroin. Fentanyl. You know, meth can do that. Like, all this nasty, nasty, dirty shit. You know what doesn't do that? Mushrooms. You know what doesn't do that? Weed, unless you're allergic to it. You know, same thing with mushrooms, right? You know what doesn't do that? Peyote. Ayahuasca. And I'm not going to say peyote and ayahuasca with drugs. Neither is marijuana. That's all natural herbal, herbal essence from the earth. Put here by God, right? But, you know, like you guys are doing, you guys are literally sipping promethazine, cough syrup, mixing it with Sprite. And you're drinking it, and then you're ruining your, your liver and your kidneys. You watch Pimp C die. You watch DJ Screw die. You know, 
all the Houston rappers, you watch them, their bodies go to shit. You look at all those guys now. I love Paul Wall and Mike Jones. Look at Paul Wall and Mike Jones and look at Chameleonaire. Chameleonaire got the fuck out that lifestyle quick as hell. And those two guys stayed in it. Look at them physically. Look at them physically. And look at Chameleonaire. There's a big fucking difference. You know. All those, all those, you know, we, we, we just saw yeah, we saw Yams not too long ago. Rest in peace, Yams. ASAP Yams, the, the, the creator, the, the the founder of the ASAP mob, the man behind the careers of ASAP Rocky, Ferb, 12 Nast, you know, Ant, Bari, you know, motherfucker was a blog legend, Twitter legend. Bodine Brazy, rest in peace, man. Like we we saw, you know, Juice World, Lil Peep, you know, you saw them go. You saw Mac Miller. Like, who else do you need? Who else do y'all need to like, you know, convince y'all to not do it? You see, future, future is my age. Future is my, he's actually older than me, but Future is my age, right? And Future came out and said, hey, I've been fucking lying. I don't do those drugs I rap about because those shits kill you. And nigga, I'm 40. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So Future has already came out and said, yo, I don't do all the drugs I rap about. And he said that when he did the album with Juice World. And guess what happened? Juice World did all those drugs. And if you listen to, I want to say it was like a, God, DJ, 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 screen, not scheme or some shit. DJ scheme, uh, Juice Rose DJ. Uh, he was just doing an interview, and you know they were talking about they didn't know how much that he was doing. Like he was hiding his usage. Same thing happened with Mac Miller. You know he was hiding his usage. Demi Lovato, she's alive though. You know she was hiding her usage. All these kids are hiding their usage. And they're 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 addicted. They're going crazy on these things, and they're dying. And then people are still saying, "Hey, I'm still going to do this shit because I haven't died yet." That's the only thing. Like, yo, you you niggas are going to die. That's not normal. You know what I'm saying? You 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 young men, y'all motherfuckers going to die. Stop doing that shit. That's the second thing. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> God damn, man. The third thing, third thing, and I don't know the fuck I'm talking about. I'm talking about dating, bro. But now the third thing, man, with you motherfuckers, bro. Y'all got to learn how to dress appropriately. You know what I'm saying? Dress appropriately. Like me, you know, I remember, I remember, Checking into my first boat in the Navy as a submarine. You know, I'm, I'm in Newport News, Virginia, in the shipyard. I'm going down to my boat. I'm fresh off a Greyhound bus because the person that was my sponsor didn't tell me shit. And my boat didn't know I was coming. It was really fucked up. But, hey, it is what it is, right? It's part of life. Um, game is the game, right? And so I check on my boat, and I'm wearing Rockerwear jeans, short, size 36. I'm wearing Air Force Ones that were customized, red, white, and blue. I'm wearing a Michael Strahan jersey. I'm wearing uh, a bandana and a, a do-rag on. 
uh, blue bandana, and I'm wearing a New York Yankees cap that had the red, like the American flag Yankee logo. And uh, jewelry on, chain on, you know, bracelet, watch, all that shit, diamond shine. I'm like 19, 20, fresh, 19, fresh out of, uh, you know, like your tech school, A school in the fucking Navy and shit. Big old Lisbon bonus, things of that nature. I think I'm looking nice, right? I'm fucking 19. That's not how you go into a workplace, bro. That's the military. Everybody else in the goddamn uniform. So regardless of whether, you know, your sponsor didn't tell you what to wear. Nigga, use the sense that God gave you. But that was my dumbass, right? And so after that, you know, after that and dealing with older women my entire, you know, older women in my in my in my in my early 20s and them, you know, wanting you to look older essentially. Um, yeah, you learn what the fuck is appropriate dress, right? And then you know, you dress appropriately. But First, like, yo, bro, we already talked about y'all motherfuckers showing your ass and wearing skinny jeans, things like that. But, yo, fam, I've seen a lot of y'all. Y'all don't own shoes. Y'all don't own khakis or chinos or slacks. The button-ups you earn are, like, that, that, that you own are too gaudy. Like, you don't have, like, a regular solid print button-up. You don't have regular blazers or suit jackets i get it like if you're going out to a nightclub you know sure wear the fucking whatever you want to wear man do that right but uh that shit ain't for everywhere man like I, 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 you don't have to like motherfuckers are acting like male drag queens and shit now man and, and that's the same thing with the women as well man like with the makeup bro with the makeup like <sighs> I feel like I said it last episode, though. You don't need to contour your face, man. <laughs> you guys do not need to contour your face. But, um, yeah, man, fuck. We're, we're using, like, social media and trying to make that the social norm. You're looking at all you, all you follow as rappers and celebrities online, and you're seeing them, you know, spend these, these ridiculous amounts of money on women that have done nothing to earn to to deserve this stuff but you just see it you know hey he's bought this woman a bentley and he did this and he bought her a louis bag yeah and so you go back to your normal average life and you try to uh, uh apply social media's average and the average motherfucker you follow makes three million dollars right you're trying to take that average and apply that shit to your average ass life to your social norm that shit does not work baby you know and for the fellas, you sitting there following women that are fucking carved up, that got goddamn silicone all up in their breasts and <laughs> caulk and fucking rubber cement in their ass. You following them, and then you trying to come and talk to a normal woman. A normal a normal woman ain't, ain't like that. And now you got unrealistic expectations. You can't use social media. As a gauge for what your social norm would be, social media is not normal. That's why you are entertained by it. Just like a movie or a TV show, a sitcom, goddamn wrestling, the UFC, the NBA, that shit is not normal, right? The people you follow on social media are not normal. So you can't use that and apply it to your social norm 
and think that's going to be your normal. That's what you should get or that's how you should live or that's what. No, if you want to do that, go to fucking Hollywood or go to L.A. or go to Miami or do it and get some breast implants. Or if you're a dude, go get a PPP loan, start flashing a bunch of money. I don't care what you do, you know, but you, you can't apply that kind of shit to the social norm. And as a guy, you're out here trying to date. Fam. If you know you can't blow that bag, don't blow that bag. If you know you can't spend that money, don't spend that money. Like, you don't, there's no need to keep up with the Joneses anymore. We know what's going on behind their, their, their door now. We know, we know what skeletons they got in their closet. So there's no need to keep up with the Joneses anymore. You know, people that uh, tend to live within their means are normally happier people. Because they, they learn to be content. They learn to be happy with what they have and not seek validation from others and not compare themselves to others. There's an old saying that comparison is the thief of joy. And when you start comparing what you got to what the next person has, you, you're not going to be satisfied. You could have a brand new Lexus and your fucking neighbor got a Camry and you like, this motherfucker got the new Camry. Fuck. You know, and your whole shit's fucked up and you got a brand new fucking Lexus, but he got a, a 2022 and you got a 2021 and now you got a fucking issue. Now your fucking dick is a centimeter smaller. Oh, fucking well. Right. And that's the thing, man. Like we can't look at you can't look at these rappers or these athletes spending money doing dumb shit. Right. And think that you need to do that. No, what you need to do is worry about you. Not look at that shit. That shit's fucking stupid. It's not normal. Fucking ass implants are not normal. Breast implants are not normal. Liposuction is not normal. That's why you go to a doctor. It's not normal. Just like getting your wisdom teeth taken out. It's a routine procedure, but it's not normal. If it was normal, you could do it yourself. Just like you can pull a regular tooth out. <laughs> That's normal. <laughs> you fucking idiots. <laughs> like, yo, relax. Social media is not the new social norm. You're out here looking at women to date. Hey, man, date a normal looking woman. You'll probably find out that she's pretty cool, man. Just give you a heads up. And at the same time, Y'all can grow into that. She may have that whole entire side, right? But she's just modest and only reserves that for the person that she's with. And you missing out on that because you don't want to have any patience and see what's under them sweatpants. Let me tell you, man, any girl that be wearing sweatpants and sweatsuits, the baggy joints, the motherfuckers, they be bad as hell. They be the baddest ones. They fuck around with them damn uh, Bridget Kelly. That's who I was thinking about last episode that's all i'm gonna say people like her that wear sweatpants all the goddamn time you know what i'm saying and they're really attractive people underneath the sweatpants physically right but shout out to her man shout out to all the girls wearing baggy sweatpants and nike air maxes and jordans and shit like that i i i, I love you guys from me to you but yeah man that's the thing you can't you can't apply those rules man you know, you can't apply those rules, like, unless you go and look at, like, Steph Curry wife, because she's like a housewife. She's like a, a fucking June Cleaver, modern-day Claire Huxable-type housewife. And it's like, oh, if you want a woman like that, then 
then look at her and then you can find a bunch of them <laughs> you can find a bunch of nice women bro if you just look for women that are nice women like you'll find them at the library you'll find them at starbucks you'll find them at the gym long as not a creep right take a group class you'll find them in yoga you know you'll find them in crossfit you know you'll find them at the farmer's market i'm giving y'all too much i'm giving y'all too much free game man i'm gonna, I'm gonna put this shit behind a paywall on patreon or something i wouldn't make any money though <laughs> but yeah man like this is a conversation i have with like my young dudes all the time man and they're like oh where do i meet a girl at i can't meet no girls you know blah blah blah, blah. and i'm like well you're not going to meet them in the club you're not going to meet them in the bars i'm like when you see me go to the club or the bars i don't talk to women or I don't go solicit them. I talk to the ones that are nearest to me in the same VIP section. You know, that's it. Or the ones that come up to me. I do not go up and just cold call a woman like that in the club because it's just not ideal for communicating. If we were at like a coffee shop, of course I would do that. We're at the library, psh, done deal. You know, we at a park, yes. That means I don't got to yell. I can talk in a normal speaking tone, you know. But that's the thing. People, what I found out was that people avoided those kind of situations because in that normal speaking tone, the rest of the world can hear you. They can't hear your rejection in the nightclub, but they can hear it in Starbucks. You know, you can hear it in the library and Borders bookstore. <laughs> you go to Borders, yo, <laughs> you a savage. <laughs> As I eat this donut. And sip my Slurpee. I still got a fucking pack. I got this green screen behind me. Like, I ain't got to move in fucking 10 hours. But, yeah, man. Social media versus the social norm. You can't compare them. Social media is not normal. So you can't apply that to your norm. I got more on this entire topic, but I'll say that for later. Because today is the uh, it's Memorial Day, but it's also the 100-year anniversary of the Tulsa Massacre. They used to call it the Tulsa Race Riot, but it was no riot. Black folks were minding their fucking business. And white folks came in and did what white people do. <laughs> I mean, white people came in and did what white people do and what they have done historically, which is terrorize the shit out of black people i mean i'm you know i'm you guys i mean you guys know what the fuck it is right black wall street it was uh god man i i, I it was it was you know at one point they tried to say it was just like 30 people it was, it was only 30 people killed that was the uh, official uh report and then what uh, came out was that it was upwards of 300. You know, you, I want to say, yeah, over, over like 60 businesses uh, destroyed. People murdered in the streets, right? People hung, dragged behind cars, shot, stabbed, beaten. There's, there's footage of this. 
there's pictures of the aftermath. There's not, I'm sorry, there's not footage. There's pictures of the aftermath and of the events as they happened. Uh, there's survivors. There's survivors still. So you have a uh, woman, there's three survivors still. One of them is 107. Uh, one is 106. Uh, I have this information on my phone. I'll pull it up as we as we as we discuss this. But they're still alive. You know, the one young lady, she was seven years old when this happened. She's describing the entire thing in detail. You know, naming names, naming stories, saying this is what happened. She's 107 years old, and she said she thought about, she thinks about this shit every night. You know what I'm saying? constantly having flashbacks to you know one of the worst events in American history you know she's saying that she can still hear the screams seven years old and you're watching 300 people be murdered in front of you 300 people murdered in front of you burned in front of you Black men being shot, black bodies lying in the street, smoke, fire. And this is being done by white people, you know, um, for no reason other than hatred and rage. You know, this was on in the Greenwood District of Tulsa, which was known as, as Black Wall Street, it's May 31st, 1921. They had a house subcommittee uh meeting they had survivors speak viola fletcher was a woman i was talking about 107 years old and you had hugh van ellis who was a tulsa survivor and a world war ii veteran now think about that right you're a tulsa survivor your entire family your hometown burned destroyed you grow up seeing racist ass shit right because you, you grow up in and you're seeing racism in the 30s and into the 40s you go into the military he's, he's an army veteran world war ii veteran you're in the army army's still racist as fuck segregated up to a point um you go into a country to liberate uh the jewish people you go into a country to liberate the gypsies you go into a country to liberate the gays you go into a country to liberate the Filipinos. You know, you go into a country to liberate the Chinese. You go into a country to liberate the Russians. You go into a country to liberate everybody but the black man in America. He ain't free here. And Matil got lynched in 1957. This dude's already back home from World War II. He goes and kills Hitler, only to have Emmett Till dragged out of his bed. You know, because Mrs. Bryant told a lie. And that's what I'm talking about. Imagine that World War II vet and you go through Emmett Till, you go through Martin Luther King, you go through Malcolm X, you go through Mega Evers, you go through Jesse Jackson, you go through Rodney King, you go through mass incarceration, you go through the war on drugs, you know, you go through 9-11, go through Barack Obama. Now you're coming to Kamala Harris. Kamala Harris, vice president. 
and you you get hundred years later, hundred years later. Wh what do you really have positive to say when you see Tulsa, and then a hundred years later you see George Floyd, and you see people argue about whether it was murder. You see Tulsa, and then you see Trayvon Martin. You see Tulsa, and you see Terrence Crutcher. You see Tulsa, and you see Eric Garner. You get what I'm saying? You see Tulsa. You see World War II. You see civil rights. You see the war on drugs and the war in the black community. You see all this black progression, quote unquote, allegedly, or this progress because we had a black president, we got a uh, mixed race, black and Asian vice president currently. But then you see black lives still being treated as they were a hundred years before. What do you have positive to say? So when, when, and this is the thing that used to get me right, when people would say, make America great again, ask that 100 year old man, when was America great for him? In his 100-year life, when was America great? That's the question that you need to ask. And that's the question that white people need to ask. And you have to be honest. Now, I'm not saying it's your fault. You did it. No, you didn't do it. You're, you're 30 years old, dude. But you benefited from a system that did that. And, you know, Tulsa is, is unique because it was, it was known as Black Wall Street. It was a black business district. Everything you could imagine was there. Hospitals, banks, newspapers, everything, right? And white people, like, they saw Rosewood, maybe, right? But... If you if you talk to white people and if you talk to a lot of black people, they don't know what the fuck Tulsa was or what Black Wall Street was, or that any of this happened. All they don't know any of this shit, right? And so HBO, shout out to HBO, man. HBO, it took HBO making two fucking shows, two sci-fi shows, because it couldn't be just a reality, just like a documentary, because you've had numerous documentaries about um the, the various massacres that have happened in America at the hands of the U.S. government, state-sponsored racism and oppression, discrimination, disenfranchisement. We've had numerous documentaries on that, numerous exposés, numerous reports published about that. No one gives a fuck. But then you made Watchmen and you made uh, Lovecraft County. And they used the Tulsa race riots as the backdrop I want to say for both of them. And look what happens. Now these motherfuckers are talking about reparations because they finally got it because we told it in a sci-fi story. <laughs> and we told it in a comic book. Yeah, you know I man. <laughs> a comic book that 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 went to the movies. You know what I mean? That's what that's 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 what we gotta do, right? Seventh Cavalry is the KKK, Jesus Christ. You know, and it's like it it took it took and, and we talked about the the black trauma 
as a genre, black suffering as a genre. And and this is why I said it was hard to watch Watchmen. This is why I didn't watch Lovecraft County because it used the Tulsa massacre as the backdrop. I don't want to be reminded of this. Go ask a Jewish person how many times they're watching the Schindler, Schindler's List. You know what I'm saying? Or the, or, or the Red Balloon or Life is Beautiful or the Pianist. Go ask them how many times they're watching that, right? And then think about that when you ask me, am I watching Underground Railroad, you know, or am I watching whatever new fucking slave suffering black fucking misery bot pick is out? You know, no, I'm not watching that shit. Get the fuck out of here, man. No. Would you ask a, a rape victim to watch fucking Game of Thrones? When all they do is rape people in Game of Thrones, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, come on, you know, gee, well, rape survivor, I'm sorry. Like, Jesus, come on, use your fucking brains here, people, you know? But shout out to white people that watched Watchmen and watched Lovecraft County and then realized that America was fucking ridiculous. Um, but that's not the only massacre that has been committed by the American government. Um, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. But what I want to talk about now is the game, man. We're talking about the game being rigged, so why do we play the game being rigged? Why do we play? One, one of the parts of the game that is rigged, that is still rigged today, that we've learned how to play is uh, is what happened after Tulsa, right? Because you didn't just have Tulsa, right? And what I want to talk about now is give you guys a quick history of why America is systemically racist. Why and how they work to disenfranchise black and brown people utilizing government functions, tax dollars, manpower, legislation, right? All the good shit, right? Because I'm a black dude, right? And as a black man, you complain about shit in America because that's just what you do as a black person. But one of the things that my white contemporaries and my Hispanic contemporaries that identify as white, they're transracial, um, you know, Hispanics that join the cops and become Italian. <laughs> they're the best, yo. God damn, man. Shout out to you motherfuckers, man. Jason Giambi jersey wearing motherfuckers, man. <laughs> yeah, but so they always say like they they think that it's it's, it's like bad decision making, right? They think it's bad decision making, or it's it's us not pulling ourselves up by our bootstraps, you know. And that's why uh, minorities in this country have lagged behind, and they don't understand the game's been rigged. Before we ever got here, before we got our, our piece, our game piece, you know, if this is Monopoly, before I get the thimble or the little hat or the fucking dog, before I ever did that, the game was rigged because, you know, we've been through this. They didn't give you black people, you brown people, you Native American, indigenous people. They didn't give you guys citizenship at first. They said, no, 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 no. We're going to fuck you around for a while. You know, we're going to bend you over for a little bit and then until you riot and then that's when we'll give it to you. Right. But that's what happened. Right. And, and then you look at that and you look at just the access, just look at things that they try to keep from us, like equal education, like an equal education, the ability to get an equal education. They worked so diligently hard to keep that from you. You know, another thing they, that they did is 
access to economic equity, you know? And that's what we're going to talk about right now. Because you look at Tulsa, you look at, uh, you know, Wilmington, Wilmington, North Carolina, you know, you look at Rosewood, you look at, uh, shit, man, Seneca Village in, 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 in New York, which is now Central Park. You know, you, you had black communities that were all black, black legislated, black owned, black churches, black newspapers, black people, just, 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 you know, you don't need Wakanda. Why do you need Wakanda when you had Tulsa? You know, you had, you had, you had Tulsa. You have Rosewood. You know what I'm saying? Like you have Raleigh. Like we, we, we had these places that were black, black owned. And they were fine, dude. They were just thriving, chilling, minding their business. And then, you know, what happened was is that after the Civil War, you know, came, the government decided to fuck you hard, right? They said, hey, man, we can't make you slaves anymore. So we got to figure out a way to make sure you never be equal. And so after, you know, Reconstruction and that failed uh, you know, failed fucking plan to elevate black people to equal status that, you know, just crumbled once Lincoln was assassinated. Um, people's like favorite president, you know, Roosevelt came in with the new deal and everybody thinks the new deal was some great, great thing and some great legislative, you know, slate of social programs to benefit the American citizen. Well, yes, it was, but that was for white people only. The New Deal was for white people only. I hope you guys understand that because I'm, I'm going to tell you why that is and why things like Tulsa and things like Rosewood, how that affects black home ownership today. Because when all these things were happening, this is the early 19, this is like, this is, this is essentially two years after Red Summer, which was 1919, right? That was Red Summer, 1919. So 2000 year, 2019 marked the 100th anniversary of that. And now we're uh, 2021. So essentially from 1919 to 1921 and even beyond, but just there, right? It was just a shit ton of race massacres or race riots or race related um, events in America, all based on race, right? I mean, you can even go back further to the draft riots in New York, which the movie The Gangs in New York was based on, but the draft riots in New York, you know, when white people decided to start killing black people and burning businesses because they didn't want to fight in the Civil War because they were like, yo, fuck you, black people. Essentially, right? But that's what it was about. And so you can go back that far, but we won't. We'll just go back to 1919, 1921. And they're burning down black cities, black businesses, black business hubs. And then what happened was is that we can't, you know, we're, we're, we're going through a great depression, all that kind of shit. Roosevelt comes in with the new deal, new deal, new deal. Here's the problem with the new deal, right? What happened was that the public works association created public housing in the 1930s, but this whole thing was set up by race, right? Because segregation was not made illegal in the thirties, you know, Housing, housing laws were not in effect at the time, right? So the public works association came in and said, yo, here's public housing, and it's all nice. It's all decent, right? But it was set up by a race. 
And in areas that were integrated already, they said, no, 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 no. You niggas got to get the fuck out of here, right? So if the, the black people and the brown people and the yellow people, you know, if you guys were in the area that could be considered suburb or that was that 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 was that was you know earmarked for to be a suburb yo ass was going with the rest of the fucking mongrels right and that's what it was and so the public works association created public housing in the 1930s and they set it up by race this was part of the new deal the new deal went with the same status quo of segregation in separate and not equal substandard conditions for people of color, right? They're segregating communities that were already integrated. And then a little bit later, you got the homeowners loan corporation, right? They got created to give access to home loans to middle-class families. The majority of these families were white families, right? And so the home owners loan corporation then enlists a gang of real estate agents in all the areas to create maps based on race in order to determine risk associated with home loans for that area and that was the birth of redlining right so what they did was the public works association created the public housing right there was no suburbs at this time there's no new homes built it's just cities and the cities fucking suck and you got the great migration, all the freed slaves and children of free slaves, now freedmen, they're coming to the north, right? So the PWA, 1930, they segregate all the public works. That's oh, sorry, they segregate all the public housing, right? So the whites getting the good shit in the good areas. Black people and brown people, y'all getting the fuck shit in the fucked up ass areas, all right? Then the HOLC, they create these red line maps and they say, hey, we're not going to approve loans in these areas that are redlined because they're, they're quote-unquote financially risky. So now black people were a financial risk. So now the government has conspired with the real estate market and the real estate companies in the banks to not fund black home buyers. So now the FHA, the FHA comes along in 1934 to insure bank mortgages because before that was, that wasn't a thing, right? Like the bank wouldn't insure your bank mortgage. Not the bank. I'm sorry. The government wouldn't insure your bank mortgage. So with that being said, like the banks weren't just giving everybody a loan at this point. Like you had to have money. You had to have money to get a loan from the bank to buy a home. But now that the government came in and said, hey, we'll insure this shit. We'll insure this shit. You'll get your money back, right? You'll get your money. We'll insure it. So now they're insuring this shit. And that is extending access to lower income white families now. So now they can leave public housing and now go into the suburbs. And the thing is, is that when the FHA, when the FHA goes to insure bank mortgages, they completely exclude the minority neighborhoods and those adjacent to them. So the neighborhoods that are adjacent 
just minority neighborhoods. So if I'm black and I know I can't get all the way to the good neighborhood, but I can get a little bit out this shit and get a little bit further away, kind of get out of the city a little bit. They still shutting that down. So y'all stuck. And so now you just got redlined areas in the areas around it. If you in there and you're a person of color, you're stuck and you're not getting the fucking loan to get out. And that was set up since the 1930s. And guess who else did this? The fucking VA. The VA did this as well because when you have black vets coming back from World War One and World War Two, and they got their VA loan guaranteed, they got their GI Bill benefits guaranteed, you know who continuously got their shits denied? Black people. And so the VA denied black vets home loans. And then in 1949, the 1949 Housing Act is then further used to siphon black people into the public housing slums. Then the government said, hey, man, motherfuckers got cars. So we're going to use the highway system and eminent domain to destroy even more established black neighborhoods. Because they can run a highway through your fucking neighborhood, which they did in North Carolina. You know, they can claim eminent domain and take your fucking land. And that's what they did. And so you look and you're like, damn, man, like this shit is going on 1949. Y'all motherfuckers getting, you know what I mean, getting lynched in 1957. Y'all can't vote until 1968. Goddamn. Well, when the fuck could you even play the game? You couldn't. The game has been rigged. And you couldn't even fucking play it back then. We couldn't play the game. So when you when you motherfuckers and you, you make these goddamn comments about oh y'all need to pull yourself up by the bootstraps or the black community is it where it's at because of financial decisions and choices. Listen, man, this is how I know you motherfuckers don't know shit about American history and you choose not to. Because all you gotta do is pick up a book. Learn about redlining. Learn about the New Deal and what it actually was. Learn about why Reconstruction failed. You know? Learn about that. Learn about, you know, how much work it took to desegregate the federal government and why they desegregated it. It wasn't because they wanted to. It was because A. Philip Randolph had a March on Washington planned. And they were going to march on Washington. But all the veterans, and they didn't, they, the president couldn't take that, you know, because they, they desegregated the federal government, but the public is still fucking segregated, baby, you know, they, 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 they still segregated. And that's the thing, like, you, you, you guys, you know, you say, oh, it's financial choices. And if you got, you know, a thousand dollars for an iPhone, then you got, yo, shut the fuck up. Shut up. You don't know anything. Shut up. If you knew how the country worked, you knew how the government worked, you knew how America profited off of the pain of the poor, then you'd understand that Native Americans aren't in their position because they drink alcohol or they smoke peyote. They're in it because Y'all motherfuckers tried to exterminate them. You look at 
the Southwest and you see a bunch of Hispanics and you're like, man, I wish they'd go back to where they came from, go back to their country. Hey, man, first off, they were here first. Second, guess what? Most of the motherfuckers down there were brought over here during a Bracero program. And then a bunch of them, like 2 million, were forcibly deported during Operation Wetback shortly after. You know, because white people came back from World to War, World War II, and they wanted their jobs back, apparently. Because all Hispanics got brought in before, during the war to do the jobs in the fields because there were no fucking white people to do them. Uh, and then you guys came back and said we want to work in the fields, and then you guys didn't, right? But you got a bunch of folks deported who were American citizens, got American citizens deported just because they were Hispanic, had, had, had Hispanic names, just indiscriminately rounding up people, throwing them across the border. Sounds familiar, right? But that's the thing, you know? It's been rigged the entire time. You're an Asian, and you're like, oh, Stop Asian hate. Stop Asian hate. Hey, man. They ain't never going to stop. Why do you think they would stop when they ain't stopped for anybody else? And then look at how long they've been hating Asian people. They've been hating Asian people as long as they've been hating black people. Like, goddamn. Because when they wrote the Constitution, they made sure to keep y'all motherfuckers out of it, too. And then when you guys started coming over here, marrying white women... They made laws to stop you from doing that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I want to say they had laws to stop Asians from marrying white women before they had laws to prevent blacks from marrying white women, yo. All them fucking anti-miscognition laws was written for Asian people, not for black people. They weren't scared of us marrying white women, apparently. They were scared of Asians. But that's what it is, man. Look at the Chinese Exclusion Act. You look at how we did you guys in World War II, putting you in internment camps, things of that nature. How we fucking portray you guys in Hollywood, all your famous Asian fucking characters from the 1960s, 70s, and 80s were all white dudes and fucking brown face, you know? Yeah, man. That's just what it is, bro. You look at every cartoon with an Asian stereotype motherfucker with some chopsticks, a pointy eyes, a, a fucking big ass goddamn bowl hat, or a fucking goofy cut, or a Fu Manchu fucking beard. Listen, man. They've been doing that shit for over 100 years, bro. Over 200 years. At some point, at some point, they'll stop. Just not soon. Because they ain't stopped for Hispanics. They ain't stopped for the blacks. They damn sure ain't stopped for the... They bet, bro. How much fighting did it take to get the fucking Redskins logo fucking out of here bro they were talking about that shit when i was a kid that's why i stopped being a washington fan because the name was fucking offensive and i'm a kid and i'm like yo i can't fuck with these motherfuckers anymore and they were still good when i stopped being a redskins fan or a washington fan i'm like yeah, that name's kind of fucked up like, I, I can't really fuck with the motherfuckers like that you know but that's the thing think how long it took just to get rid of the washington football team name and 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 they were the first people we fucked over. So there's like a queue. There's a waiting line. You know what I mean? Like you guys are not next in the queue. Unfortunately, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm just that's just what it is, man. I, you know, shit, bro. They still trying to fucking correct from women. 
Yeah, I mean, from like, it was like, hey, man, suffrage and all this shit and sexual harassment and date rape. It's like, bro, they're still trying to fix that shit. You think they're going to stop Asian hate anytime soon? <laughs> Hell no. That shit is ingrained in American history, man. We had laws about it. We literally had laws. We had laws to discriminate against you guys. They ain't stopping no time soon. You know, I hope you guys got some fucking Snickers, you know, because they do. They they got Snickers and HGH. Let me tell you, these motherfuckers are on, on their shit, man. God damn. They just got ready to watch the name. Fuck. <laughs> you know, they're like just starting to uh, honor, you know, some treaties. Like they're just starting to get like a pipeline shut down. You know, like they're just starting to get some uh, burial ground back, you know. Like, they're just getting all those massacres, you know, besides Wounded Knee acknowledged, you know? Like, they just got an apology for the Trail of Tears, dude. Like, fuck. It's a long wait. It's a long wait for the comeuppance, you know, for the get back. That's why you can't wait for that, man. You got to take that shit. You got to take it, you know? And that's why it's like, listen, man, this new generation, that's why I applaud them. They're not waiting. They're not playing the game the same way that we are, nor the generation uh, before us. You know, we're still trying to do the whole 30-year home loan. You know, we're trying to do the whole work hard as fuck for a pension. You know, they're like, fuck that. I'm employing myself. I salute it. A lot of us pioneered that way, you know, because we didn't have any other option <laughs> the motherfuckers were hiring for our skill set so we had to create our own shit you know so i salute i salute all y'all master all these damn people that i graduated high school with with fucking businesses that shit make me happy as hell. that shit makes me fucking proud bro that shit makes me fucking proud i don't give a fuck what it is man that shit makes me fucking proud bro like because i know where we came from i know we i know what we fucking fought against i know where we came from i know how this shit was rigged against us when I see the majority of folks that I graduated with, knowing how things were rigged against us, when I see them with uh, advanced education, you know, I see them furthering their education, whether it's in traditional education like college or technical trades or skilled labor, things of that nature. I see them furthering their skill set. I see them having families. Like, I see people married, man. Like, regardless of whether they had a care early or not. You know, I, I see women that had kids in high school that are married, own houses, career straight, husband good, kids good, you know. And we would have never thought that would have been possible back then. Like, we would have never thought that was possible in the 80s, in part most of the 90s, you know. But then we saw what was going on and and... and you know, credit to a lot, a lot, a lot of the women. Motherfuckers kept it pushing. They kept it moving. They kept it pushing. Kept it moving. I salute that. You know, I salute that. I salute that. That's a full time fucking job, raising the kid by yourself, regardless of a, of a, of a man being available to do whatever. If they're not in the house directly every day together. Then, yo, bro, that baby need attention, need food, need maintenance like diapers, 
fucking feeding again, playtime, enrichment. You can't just have a baby in front of a goddamn TV, right? So, and then women still find a time to do that and go to school, hold down a job, and not lose her fucking sanity. That's insane, man. That's crazy. That's impressive. I salute that, you know? And that, and, and, and our generation, you know, we're still playing the game, but we know how it's rigged. You know, and I see all the, I see all these people that I, I, that I grew up with, that grew up in public housing, that own apartment buildings. You know, people that grew up in public housing, that own franchises. You know, people that grew up in public housing, that are doctors. That shit is, that is like the most mind blowing shit ever to me. You know, but that's just fucking life because. We had to learn the game. Like we saw our, our parents playing the game and we're like, well, we, get, we have to play this game to survive because we don't know anything else. All we know is the game and we have to play it because there isn't anything else but the game. You know, we're like the little motherfuckers in Maze Runner running through the fucking maze and we don't know a shit else out there. But then guess what happened when them little young motherfuckers came in and said, hey, man, something ain't right. And they discovered that it was some other shit out there. Changed the whole fucking game. Changed the whole fucking world, right? And that's the thing. These young kids, man, they're not fucking around with this maze. They're not fucking around with the game anymore. Like, we talk about the rat race. Get the cheese. Rat race. Get the cheese. These little motherfuckers don't want cheese. And what's even better is they know, they, 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 they know they're not rats. That's the thing. They know they're not rats. We didn't find that out so late, but we still want the cheese. Our parents, you know, they don't know an alternative exists to dairy cheese. Yeah, you know I mean, like, what the fuck is soy? What the fuck is coconut milk? You know, what the goat cheese? No, I want my. <laughs> fucking cow's milk I want my cow's milk that's the milk generation man milk does a body good and we know it fucking doesn't that's the savings bond generation you know that's the fucking 30 year mortgage refinance generation bro the baby boomers man salute them god bless them man they, they went through a lot but god damn man y'all left some shit for us bro we're gonna get it done. And the young, the younger, the younger generation, they're gonna fucking fine-tune it. We're gonna be all right, man. But that's what I mean. Like, we barely had one generation. My generation is the first generation to know the game is rigged and be able to play within the rules. Because our parents, they're from the 50s and 60s. And guess what was going on then? Niggas getting lynched. Niggas getting hung. Niggas getting shot. You know what I'm saying? Martin Luther King, Malcolm X, Mega Evers. All that was going on. Black Panthers. So they kids during that whole shit. The game is still fucking not even able to be played by your ass right now. You can't vote. You can't go to school. You can't live here. All these fucking rules still exist to not even allow you into the game. So our parents didn't even have an option so this is not a less shit on the old timers 
It's just, uh, let's be honest about what the old timers had to endure and what they're still enduring now because they can't change. But now the younger generation, they, they, they got the internet, they got access to information. They learned that it's a whole different world out there. There are no blinders. Just like in the matrix, there is no spoon, you know? And that's what it is, man. That's what it is. They're like the people that are born outside the matrix, you know? We're, we're, we're like Morpheus and shit, right? Like we're, 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 we can plug back into the matrix. We can plug out, we can fight the system, but we really can't do shit. It ain't our war to win. You know, we can just get us to a certain point, but then the next guys, they got to stand on our shoulders. And then the generation before us, that's the foundation. And that's what it is. So these other guys, they've had, you know, upwards of 16 to 30 generations to establish some kind of wealth, some kind of prosperity in this country. Black and brown folks, man, y'all motherfuckers just got y'all foot in the door, bro. What, bro? <laughs> like, people that voted against Brown versus the Board of Education are still alive today. People that survived Tulsa are still alive. You know what I mean? Like, the people that heckled the Little Rock Nine are still alive. People that voted against Martin Luther King Jr.'s birthday being a holiday are still alive, still in, still in office. That's what I mean when I say the game is rigged and why do we still play? And that's what I mean when I say you motherfuckers talking about pulling myself up by my bootstrap. I'm going to fucking choke you with that shit. Don't say some stupid shit like that to me. Anybody that looks like me, you motherfuckers have no idea how this country works. And until you do, you're not qualified to fucking talk to me. That's why a lot of times, you know, people, they, they try to like challenge you to debates and things like that. Yo, you're not qualified to debate me. Because I'm debating life and death. You're not. I'm debating life and death. Everything in this country has been life and death for black and brown people. You ain't had that. You ain't you ain't had that issue. You ain't have that problem. You ain't never got snatched out of your bed at night. You ain't never got stopped by the cops, pat down, and had all your fucking shit confiscated. You never got fucking thrown in the back of a car, drug out of town, and beat the fuck up by the police. You know what I'm saying? You will never experience that. You never have gone through that. You never came back in the military uniform and been called a nigga. Let that sink in, man. You're not qualified to talk to me about this kind of shit. That's why I don't, I don't, I don't get involved with the people that want to go back and forth. They want to debate. I don't want to debate. I want violence. If you want to debate me, I want to fight you. That's my answer to that. If you want to debate me, I want to fight you. And when I say I want to fight you, I don't want to fight you. Like, I want to hurt you. Because you're trying to insult my intelligence. You're trying to insult my integrity. You're insulting my intellect, man. You're insulting my fucking heritage, bro. You want to debate me? I want to fight you. How about that? That's the response. That's that's the response that any person of color should give any goofy-ass person that says, I want to debate you on reparations. I want to debate you on critical race theory. I want to debate you on... No, motherfucker. How about you fight? How about we fight? How about we fight? 
How about you get your best 10, I get my best 10. You get your five, I get my five, and we fight. It ain't about right and wrong. We just going to fight. That's it, you know, because that's what it's going to devolve to because these other motherfuckers on the evil side, right? They don't, they don't care, you know? They're just here to, you know, how they would say the Democrats are here to obstruct. These motherfuckers are just here to stop you from having a good time, you from enjoying your life, you from not being miserable. Some motherfuckers are just born to be miserable, and their job is to spread misery. Everybody has a purpose. It's like if you ever watched The Office where Michael Scott said the worst thing in jail was the Dementors. <laughs> that's what these people are. That's what fucking jail, that's what prison Mike was talking about when he said the Dementors. It's the fucking goofy motherfuckers out here that want to argue about dumb shit. They want to argue with you about critical race theory. They want to argue about you about gay rights. They want to debate that. Like, what do you want to debate? Like, what? Like, the, a woman having control of their body. I want to debate you on... Uh, abortion no can you have a baby no i don't care about your opinion really sorry dude you want to debate me we can fight we can always choose violence that may not be the best option but it is an option you know but i don't want to promote that kind of shit so i don't want to say that man but that that's just you know when people say listen you you, you people made bad financial choices bro what choice you know tell these people to look up what the public works association did in the 30s what the homeowners loan corporation did in the 30s what the fha did in the 30s what the va did in the 30s what you know what i'm saying what the housing act did in 1949 ask them about that you know and just for the record man listen I know y'all all in y'all shit about Tulsa right now. Cause you're like, oh man, it was a hundred years ago, right? It was a hundred years ago, hundred years ago. Uh, that's what the people are saying now. Hundred years ago. Uh. Well, how about this? How about you know? We'll talk about some massacres, state sponsored, that happened in your lifetime because you're born after 1965. Right, because that's 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 who the enemy is right now. Anybody born after nineteen, but you born before nineteen sixty-five, you my enemy. How old are you born now? Was that sixty? <laughs> Listen, there's not fucking sixty. You born before nineteen sixty-five. You are my enemy. It's okay though. It's not your fault. You just born that way, like Lady Gaga said. Lady Gaga said, born this way. You were born that way. It's not your fault. It's not your fault. It just, it just is what it is. I'm trying, let me bring out, hold on real quick. Give me, give me a second. Give me a second. Give me a second. 55 and above. We got beef. We got a problem. You 55 and above, I don't trust you. I'm just going to be honest. You're 55 and above. I don't trust you. I think you're racist. I think you're sexist. You know, I think you I think you are fine with discrimination and the old status quo because that's just how you grew up. And you don't have a reason to change. You're old as fuck. You got 10 years left. Why change? It's not your fault. You're a victim of circumstance. It's okay. You know, but that's just what it is, right? But then, you know, 
let's just talk about 1965 and afterwards. You got in 1968, two years before Kent State and the Jackson State massacres, right? You got the Orangeburg massacre at South Carolina State where the police killed three and injured 28 at an anti-segregation rally. So this is an anti-segregation rally, 1968. This is post-civil, well, not post-civil rights, but during civil rights, Martin Luther King, Mega Evers, Malcolm X, Angela Davis. You know, you got everybody doing it up. You got Jim Brown out there. You got Muhammad Ali. You got Sidney Poitier. You got everybody out there. You got Harry Belafonte. You got everybody out there. Everybody black and beautiful and bold. Stevie Wonder. The Jacksons. Everybody out there, man. Curtis Mayfield. James Brown. Everybody out there, right? And the police killed three people in 28 at an anti-segregation rally. And segregation is already illegal. It's already been deemed illegal. And the police killed three and injured 28 at an anti-segregation rally. And this is two years before Kent State and Jackson State in 1970. So that's one, right? Orangeburg massacre at South Carolina State at a fucking college because niggas want to go to school, right? 1979, Greensboro, North Carolina. The police allowed KKK and neo-Nazis to open fire on an anti-Klan protest, killing five people. And the reason why I can say the cops allowed the KKK and neo-Nazis to do it is because the cops were warned about the violent tendencies and actions of the KKK and neo-Nazis. They failed to show up to the rally to protect people and do their fucking job, maintain order, right? And then 41 years later, the city apologized because they did a, a deep dive. They uh, had a commission look and see that the city knowingly did not show up and allowed that to happen, knowing that it would happen. And then and then they did, there was racist as fuck either way, right? And then they apologized 41 years later. So that's 1979, North Carolina. The cops colluding with the KKK and neo-Nazis. And damn, does that sound familiar? I feel like we've heard that before. We have, right? 1985, Philadelphia police use a C4 bomb to destroy the MOVE organization's headquarters. And they wipe out 61 homes, two city blocks, 200 people displaced. And they killed 11 people. Five of them are children because they dropped a C4 bomb on top of a compound that was housing a communal organization that were community activists and anti-war protesters. Sustainability type individuals. And they bombed them because they were loud. You know, they, they were loud. They were loud Negroes. That's why I saw it is, man. You know, 
they 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 weren't happy with their conditions. You should have been happy just to be out of slavery. Why do you want equality? Why do you want equity? Just be happy you don't have a yoke on you. But in 1985, the Philadelphia police did a daytime raid on the MOVE headquarters. They flooded the basements. They broke down walls. They set buildings on fire. They told the residents that were in the area prior to the raid that they need to evacuate. They could come back to their homes the next day. And when the next day came, two city blocks, 61 homes wiped out. 11 people killed, five children. Philadelphia has since paid out a settlement and apologized. However, why would that, why, why, that just shows you that motherfucking Tulsa wasn't that long ago, you know? And then you can just go to Charleston, 19, or, I'm sorry, 2015. You go to Charleston. Let's go to Charleston, 2015. You know, Dylan Roof walks in the church, sits down, met some parishioners, opens fire, kills people, takes their lives, taking the Burger King by the police that arrest him. So when, when in the life of a Tulsa survivor was America ever great? The game been rigged their entire life, and they've seen various iterations of it. You know, they've seen various iterations of it. The game has been rigged. Your entire life, you survived Tulsa, you survived World War II, survived civil rights, you survived the war on drugs, survived mass incarceration, you survived COVID. A hundred years later, game's still rigged. Why do we choose to play? Yeah, man, this, this is like, you know, I don't want to say it's like a stream of consciousness or it's a black man's thoughts or nothing like that. But, you know, this is some, 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 you know, some things I was thinking about, man. You know, a conversation I was having with myself, you know, a story that I was formulating in my head. I told you, man, this is cognac stories. It's different. It's aged. Wait till we get the conversation about milk versus wine versus cognac. Wait till we get into that conversation, man. But yeah, you know, we talked about a little bit of dating, bro. Talked about the game, whether it's life, whether it's politics, whether it's the game. The universe is a game, man. Learn the fucking rules. Talked about Naomi Osaka. We didn't talk about these dumbass NBA fans, and I really don't feel like talking about these motherfuckers. But I'm gonna tell you right now, you fans are about to get fucked up, and we did talk about them. You fans are gonna get fucked up. That's all I'm gonna say about that. You fans are gonna get fucked up throwing beer at fucking Kyrie. Well, I'm sorry, Emmanuel quickly throwing a water bottle at Kyrie. Racist ass fans harassing John Morant's family. Racist ass motherfucker spitting on Trey Young. Spitting on Fifty Cent. Lucky he ain't fucking beat your ass. Motherfuckers dumping popcorn on Russell Westbrook at the Wizards game. Let me tell you, man. These athletes are professional athletes. They will beat the shit out of you. 
All right, you motherfuckers, you you dumb ass idiots. I'd tell you right now, if I was at a fucking game and I saw this like that, I'm going to tell on you first off. I'm going to beat your ass myself. God damn it. Talked about Tulsa 100 years later. That's what this whole thing's been about, man. The game being rigged. You learned about the New Deal, man. Talked about some shitty ass atrocities America has, has done. So next time a fucking dickhead says, oh, well, Tulsa was 100 years ago. Well, you can say, well, Orangeburg was 1968. Greensboro, North Carolina was 1979. Philadelphia, 1985. Punk ass bitch. But yeah, man. I'm on, I'm gonna go ahead and get out of here because I gotta fucking move tomorrow. But you know, listen, Memorial Day. Hope you enjoyed your day. May is over, but mental health is never at the back of our minds. Tell your fucking loved ones you love them, hug them. Shit. Sometimes I got money and I still feel broke. Shout out to all the fucking baby. The shout out to all the mothers. I don't want to call baby mamas. I don't want to say baby mamas ever again. I don't like that term. I don't like the term baby daddies either. I'll tell you why I don't. We'll talk about that next time. We're only mothers of fathers from now on. We are parents. We are mothers. We are fathers. We are not baby daddies. We are not baby mamas. We're going to talk about that. But anyway, fuck being woke. Should have never been sleep. Peace.